You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javano Kelly live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Thank you so much for joining us for another amazing episode of the African Father in America podcast. My name is Simon Javan Okelo and uh, I am in Seattle, Washington. I'm going to be introducing our guest uh, for today's uh, episode in just a second here. I just want to take a moment to share with you uh, what the proverb for today is quickly. And then I'm going to share with you uh, what the three nuggets of wisdom uh, that are related to this proverb are. Uh, and also I'll ask you to subscribe to my YouTube channel where we are broadcasting today. We're also broadcasting on YouTube, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and also on TikTok. So thank you all for your continued support. I actually just want to bring on my guest now real quick, and then I'll, di- I'll take a deep dive into uh, our entire you know, conversation today. I'm really, really excited uh, for the guest that we are hosting here today. Bethlehem, uh, just go ahead and say hi to our viewers and our listeners. <laughs> Hello, salam everyone. How are you? Thank you for having me, Simon. Of course, of course, of course. So for those who are meeting Bethlehem for the first time, uh, you know, she's an incredible leader. Uh, and Bethlehem is also, you know, a community builder, an author, uh, you know, someone who is doing many, many things, uh, you know, a speaker solution seeker and positive thinker entrepreneur as well and someone who is a culture shifter and also uh, always uh, is advocating for 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 healing in our communities so um, without further ado i'm going to talk about our proverb for today uh, and our proverb today takes us all the way to senegal and the proverb says that the truth is like gold keep it locked up and you will find it exactly as you first put it away uh, truth is precious and it's like truth is like a gem especially these days where we don't find um we don't find truthful people truthful governments truthful leaders uh in many places you know uh, if you go online you know our proverb yesterday was talking about how uh you know the truth went to the market but it could not be sold. Uh, But people buy lies in cash. They don't even want to buy it in credit or anything like that. So this is a continuation of this theme about truth, you know, and the value of it. So I want to share three nuggets of wisdom really quickly, and then I want to bring on our guest so that we can uh, take a deep dive into our conversation today. Uh, We are joined by so many of you in Europe, uh, I see Brian Berger joining us from Glasgow. Uh, I see uh, M. Javel joining us from Florida. Uh, and if you're watching, I want you to make sure you comment so that we know exactly where in the world you're joining us from. So, uh, and also if you're just joining us, our proverb today from Senegal says that the, the truth is like gold. Keep it locked up and you will find it exactly as you put it, as you first put it away. This is the first nugget of wisdom related to this proverb. Uh, the, and it says that the, the truth, the, the value of truth, 
the value of truth what is the value of truth this proverb highlights the immense value of truth comparing it to gold you know and just as gold is precious and worth protecting the truth is something that we should cherish and safeguard you know when you look at how uh, even when you look at the war in ukraine we don't even know the truth because what we consume in terms of news is propaganda you know we consume propaganda from the west we consume propaganda from the east and we end up making our decision or supporting whoever wants us to support them if you look back in africa you know we we are in a very we are in a dilemma all the time we don't know who is the appropriate person to support we have to dig deep in order for us to find our own um you know our own path and make the right decision uh the second nugget of wisdom is consistency is key this proverb uh emphasizes that when you keep the truth locked up you'll find it exactly as you left it uh and it also underscores the importance of being consistent in our values and beliefs and not compromising our own principles you know a lot of the time we know the truth but the person we are trying to relay the truth to is probably not ready you know and so it's better to keep quiet with the truth until the right time you know and so uh this is the third uh nugget of wisdom preserve the truth you know uh you don't have to force people to understand the truth you know uh you have to know that your job as the person who is uh, a truth seeker you know i think bethlehem is a perfect fit for today's conversation <laughs> uh in a world where lies and deceit are all too common it's essential to preserve the truth uh by keeping the truth safe and secure we can maintain our integrity and earn the trust of others and lead a, a very fulfilling life uh you know these days even even the food that we eat we don't know if it is what the packet says you know so if you're not willing to go to the market or to go to the farm yourself and dig what you want and bring it to the table you might be consuming something that is completely different from what you wanted so um I want to come to my guest now and I want to I want to ask you Bethlehem when you hear this proverb from Senegal the truth is like gold keep it locked up and you will find it exactly as you first put it away what is it that comes to your mind when you hear this proverb um well first I want to say our four parents are so wise <laughs> and um the first thing I think about was you know in our in most african cultures they we tend to have like a, we're very silent about the things that matter like the you know but then we talk about a lot of other things and a lot of it is not based on then a lot of it is based on opinion not necessarily facts not necessarily truth right so we interpret the truth and then we go ahead and tell versions of it but the truth to your point right it's it doesn't have to get dressed up like it doesn't have to get pretty <laughs> the truth is the truth right um that's the first thing and the second thing i was thinking about is how how much easier it would be for us to accept the truth that was put in without all the dressing up without all the fluff right how much um how how much easier is it to consume and and in relation to that 
in relation to that, I'm always wondering, are we, you said it, like, are we ready? Do we have the capacity to accept the truth, right? Because the truth, when you put it away, it's there. The truth is there. It is what it is. How are we receiving it? How are we processing it? Where are we at mentally, emotionally, um, spiritually? Where are we at to receiving this truth? It's kind of where my thought process goes. I told you our, our four parents are very wise. So like what they they plant, it takes roots and it, it teaches us so many things, not just the not just what's you know at face value. I love that. I love that. And, uh, you know, unless unless you're willing to engage with what our four parents, our ancestors were thinking, which for me, one of the fastest ways to do that is through these proverbs, you know, and through conversations like the one that we are having now uh, is one of the ways that you can actually understand uh, what is how how did our ancestors think about truth, you know, and uh how would they deal with the current wave of uh, propaganda and and lack of just lack of um, lack, lack of understanding what's going on unless you're willing to go deeper, you know? And the way that life has been set, especially here in the West, uh, you find that you are always on the move, you know? It's either you are at work or you're at home or you know you're, you're resting so that you can go back to work again the next day uh, back in africa you know I, I came to the u.s in my mid-20s but back in africa when you're walking from work you have time an hour to have a conversation with someone and that allows you <laughs> that allows you to even have a, a glimpse of what the truth could be you know uh, sometime you meet somebody randomly and they they start telling you you know i know you i know your your great grandfather and this is the kind of person that he was you know <laughs> and yeah. those are those are not the kind of things you interact with here in the us you know <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah, yeah. the biggest thing for me so i came here um i was pretty young when i came from uh, from ethiopia and the biggest contrast especially as i'm getting older now i'm a mom and now i'm you know very conscious of you know making sure that my son understands his culture his heritage as we as i'm doing these things um i'm very conscious of the polarities in in culture right like we're in a very individualistic culture here and our upbringing for those of us who are immersed in the in our culture from back home it's very different it's very communal and to your point, you have an opportunity to discuss things. You uh, there is a thing called yetemonasat. It's an Amharic yetemonasat, which yetemonagizi, uh, which is you have an opportunity to be in the moment with yourself. And you and why is this so important? As we're talking about like understanding truth, being receptive to it. Like we have to be in alignment with ourselves. We have to be able to not process what we're getting from a very, I don't know, removed space. But the more we're honest with ourselves, the more we have time with ourselves. Like to your, to your, what you were just saying, Simon, about you're walking and someone is telling you, um, oh, this is who your grandfather was. This is how your family heritage is. It gives you an opportunity to be still, be in the moment, um, and like fully receive that. And truth, like I said, truth is, 
right? It is what it is. But it needs a fertile soil to be able to grow in. It needs a fertile soil to be able to be planted in so it can take root. And I think the fertile soil, like we can't get to it if we're always, to your point, on the go. If we don't have it a monagizi or a moment of just be in our bodies, to just be present, to just be in the now. Um, yeah. I love that. Itemona Gizi. Itemona exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love learning new new words and new new ways of saying uh something that you know that I that I need to I need to be thinking about more. I I do always need that. Uh my daughters and I always say I need a long time, you know. Itemona Gizi, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for those who are just joining me here for our conversation today here in the African Father in America podcast, I am privileged to be hosting Bethlehem Bekele, who is an amazing leader. And Bethlehem and I connected because uh, I used to host the Africa Day celebration on Clubhouse, which is an audio app. And uh, she was one of the people who are instigating the whole thing. It was a 24-hour celebration of Africa. And so she was one of the speakers and one of the organizers of the entire, uh, you know, body of work that we are presenting to the world every May 25th, you know. Um, but now we are supporting each other in different ways. And I was like, one day I want to interview Bethlehem for my podcast. So Bethlehem, one of the questions I love asking guests here in the African Father in America podcast is a childhood story, you know, something that when you look back currently as a mother, as a culture shifter, as a solution seeker, as a community builder that you are, and an author and a speaker, what is it that happened in your childhood, in your upbringing that really keeps you driven? Share with us a story that uh, whenever you wake up, whenever, like earlier on before I show you are driving your son somewhere, what is it that keeps you driven, uh, that makes you feel like, you know, uh, there is still hope and I can still, I can still make it. Um, yeah, I knew this question was coming <laughs> and I purposely did not prepare for it because I wanted it to be a very authentic answer. And as you're asking me this uh, question now, it went straight to, um, to our past. So we, we lived, um, as I, like I said, I was young when we came here. But um, we lived in Assad. My, my parents used to work for the refinery back home. And Assad is now part of Eritrea. At that time, Eritrea and Ethiopia were still one. I may be aging myself a little bit here, so just ignore that part. Don't calculate it. <laughs> um, but I remember we, we were a well-to-do family uh, at that time. And then there was a regime change and like most African nations, regime changes bring a lot of turmoil and there's a lot of upheaval, right? So we were abruptly removed from uh, Asa, went to Addis, and I, we grew up there for a little bit before we came here. But during that time, it was starkly different because my parents had to restart. I remember, now that you're asking me and I'm thinking about this, I remember my parents hustling my dad made things literally from his hands like i think they're making it now and they're selling them all over 
um, the country, but he used to, he made a stove. He was a, a, he was a yielder. He, he did a lot of stuff with his hands. So, um, yeah, he, he did um, an individual stove and then a double stove for women back home that they can use with, um, with electric. It was so out of its time at that time because a lot of the stuff that we do, especially as we are making coffee, you know, we roast our own coffee, we have a full coffee ceremony. Um, and as we're doing that, usually do it on charcoal. So my, my father's invent, inventiveness, right? Um, it did amazing. My mom, I remember, used to go to the countryside, buy stuff, bring it back to try to sell it. I didn't know all of this as my child brain, right? Like I remember as an adult, I realized, especially as a mom now, you do what you have to do to make sure your kids are well. Like you, they never complain. And that's another thing as an adult now, I'm thinking about, especially as a trauma-informed person, and as I'm talking about healing, I can't, can you imagine like as a, as a parent, losing everything, having to restart. And then they came here and we having to restart again, learning a whole new language, learning um, how to parent in a new environment. How do you, I, I was talking about this in yesterday's life. Uh, my mom was so crucial in helping us adapt to this environment, giving us the space to do so. After she drilled like our Ethiopian, you know, like that was not an option. But I, I could say to you, and I'm, I'm, as I'm going through a transition of my own right now, this is actually a great question because it reminds me that uh, by the grace of God and your willingness, there's nothing you cannot achieve. No, there's no task that's too heavy, especially when your why, your driving point, is to be, to, to be able to provide for your children, to be able to be there and give them what they need, even if it's not everything. It's not always what they want. And understanding and teaching them the difference between that. That question is making me feel a sense of gratitude. Honestly, like, I'm giving myself a moment to just be present in that emotion. It, it, was, uh, it was amazing to, to rethink about that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you know, um, I'm... I ask this question because I also love sharing my own story about uh, what drives me. And typically, I share my story of how my mother gave me a bicycle. When I was about eight, my mother gave me a bicycle and asked me to help her distribute milk and bread in our neighborhood, you know. And that moment marked my entrepreneurial journey, you know, because I learned that, oh, with this bicycle, I can get to many places fast. Uh, I can drop milk to different shopkeepers and I can build relationships with them, you know. And the stronger my relationship with them is, the more I will be able to sell to them. People are literally buying from me even if they didn't need it, you know, because I was very, I was always on time, you know. Um, 5 a.m. was the drop of time. We had to wake up at 2 a.m., you know. So, um, um, that's why I do this morning show because I'm I'm used to waking up early in the morning, you know. So those days inform who I am today and keeps me driven until this moment. And so that's why I love asking this question. But now I want to go into some of the work that you do, you know, as an author, 
as a speaker, as an entrepreneur, and also an healing advocate. I want you to just speak about some of your recent uh, initiatives, but also what is it that uh, if you are to sit in your son's class today, what would you tell them that uh, is your most, uh, you know, is the work that makes you most proud in this moment? Yeah. Simon, high five for these questions. <laughs> First of all, like, I just acknowledge you. These are very deep digging questions. Um, so, yeah, I am the founder of Keynote Beats. I, I started an organization. I've been doing this for a while, but um, so many years ago, I used to teach dance. I performed Ethiopian cultural dance. I used to teach Ethiopian cultural dance to youth. And it helped, the, the focus was to help um, fortify their culture, help them connect to and help them build identity. And music is a great way, dance is a great way to do that. Um, it connects people in, like most African nations, there are a lot of, there are different cultures within Ethiopia. So was, I used to teach seven different types of dances. Um, and I used to perform all of those as well. So it, it started from there and then as I morphed into the woman that I am today. My business kind of changed with me and the focus and the purpose changed with me. And what I'm realizing now as I'm looking back, they were all aligned. They're just different phases of them, right? So right now I'm focusing on creating a culture of healing. How do we, and empowering people in creating a culture of healing for themselves within the environment. We have the ability to do that if we can understand the truth to what we were talking about. If we can understand um, if we can have a perspective shift and learn to process the truth in a different way, right? Um, a lot of the discussions that I do now, whether it is online or in person when I'm doing speaking engagements, I use storytelling to help people connect to and, and connect to and see things from a different perspective. The, what I just told you, the story that I just told you about my parents, I needed to be an adult and in this state of my mind to have a better, a different perspective of what was happening. Because if you had, if I just left it, if I didn't go back and reprocess and just my perspective a little bit, try to see things, there's a lot of blaming that you do as a teenager because you, we don't understand the complexities, right? So that's kind of what I do now. How do we, um, how can we create a culture of healing, right? A lot of times, even though I love, I'm a, a culture advocate. I'm like, get into there, honor it, respect it, uh, make sure it comes to life, it continues. My son speaks Amharic, he, he reads Amharic, he's three. Like, the culture is very important to me. Uh, but I'm also a firm believer that culture is alive. It changes, it adapts to the environment and the people, right? So you take the wisdom of our folks, our four parents, and you see where we're at, check to see the alignment, and then create another culture, right? Continue to expand the culture. Culture is not stagnant. Um, so that's that's a very big driving point for me. And then, um, so Kinetvate, fun fact, Kinetvate means house, Kinet means art. So movement art, Kinet is movement arts. And then Beit means house. Beit is also a suffix to my name. <laughs> uh, Beit Lehem is house of bread in Hebrew. Uh, and house of God in Giz. So, Kinet Beit is house of healing. It's a house of healing. And this is where 
we do different modalities to get to a healing space. Um, recently, and that's the one you saw, recently I started doing uh, mindfulness for moms, for expecting moms and mothers. Um, and there's going to be one coming for couples because I've been asking, <laughs> I've been put on the spot about the, what about the father? So I heard you, I'm working on it. I just want to be intentional in what I deliver. Uh, but the reason behind that, Simon, is as we're creating a culture of healing, again, as a mom, I'm very intentional about how I show up for my son. I did a lot of the work, a lot of the digging, a lot of the healing while I was still pregnant. So there was a lot of that I was doing. Um, and so now when I show up for my son, I'm not showing up with my trauma as much as possible, right? Like I'm not, I'm not bringing in a lot of the heaviness. And so I want to help parents do the same thing. How do we cultivate this culture of healing for our children? How do we make sure that the next generation is not needing to be like needing to unlearn, needing to like heal from. So if we can create that culture for them now and empowering the parents, I think will help us do that. So that's kind of some of the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love how how it's it's really your work. You you've weaved uh, your your what makes you proud into your lifestyle into what you do uh for other people as well so i really really love that um i want to i want to talk about a couple of things one is you know both of us are africans living here in the diaspora raising our children here and you know you you're very passionate about uh infusing our culture into uh the lives of our children even though we are very far away from home uh, and those who are watching us uh, are also in the diaspora. Some are in Europe, like Brian. Some are also here in the U.S. Some are also back home. I want you to think about three tips that you can share with parents who are in the diaspora that are raising their children here. Uh, because this seems to be something that you're very, very passionate about. But uh, I also want to ask those who are watching, share with us your comment. What is it that Bethlehem has said or shared with us that, he, that has inspired you, that you want us to know about? Share in the comments on YouTube. And uh, if you are watching on Facebook or any other platform, go to YouTube, uh, find African Father in America podcast. Uh, and uh, leave us with your comment. We want to see what you're thinking in regards to today's proverb, in regards to today's conversation. And also give this video a thumbs up, share this video. Uh, those actions are some of the ways that you can support the growth of the African Father in America podcast. Subscribing, uh, giving the video a thumbs up, and also sharing it and commenting. Those are important ways that you can help with the growth of this platform, especially on YouTube. Um, I want to just give a shout out to M. Jewel who has been supporting this show consistently. Uh, Brian Bege, who is joining us from Glasgow. Thank you for supporting. And Cubs, uh, who is also another amazing supporter of the show. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, and also I know that Stella is also watching. Thank you for also joining us. For those who are joining us on TikTok, thank you also for your continued support. My special guest is Bethlehem Bekele, who is uh, an incredible leader, author, speaker, you know, healing advocate, and also a culture shifter, who has shared with us so many incredible nuggets uh, and stories uh, that relate to the work that uh, she does, 
uh, the way that she parents and she's going to share with us three tips as we end our time together today but for now Bethlehem uh, you know you're doing great work and I want to make sure our audience members can stay connected with you and they can also support you so share with us a place where we, we can go and support your work uh, and also how we can stay engaged with the work that you're doing where we can find you I, you do a lot of incredible Instagram lives and that's one of the ways where whenever I'm like okay I need to find out what's up with Bethlehem that's one of my first stops you know <laughs> so talk about that for a minute and then wrap up with the three uh, you know tips for parents uh, here in the diaspora especially Thank you. Thank you so much, Simon, really, for your kind words. I'm like, like taking it all in. Um, so my website is kinetbeat.com, K-I-N-E-T-B-E-T.com. Um, that is kind of the hub for all of my social media handles um, and some of the work that I've done in the past. But Instagram, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm starting to do that again. Um, and then Clubhouse as well. I'm starting to do s some uh, more activities on Clubhouse as well. Again, talking about shifting the culture and creating a culture of healing. I do a lot of that. Um, and I have a few, like I said, uh, mindfulness for moms, expecting moms uh, and moms already. I actually did my first sessions on International Women's Day yesterday, which was intentional. I was very, I was, again, like after that, I was just in a state of gratitude. Um, but we have some more, I have some more sessions coming up this month and of course next month and I'll be updating more, especially for couples. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me on my website and then my website has all my handles. I'm also starting to be more mindful about going back on TikTok as well. So I will, um, same name across all of them or Bethlehem Bakala on Insta Bakala. I'm gonna say it in Amharic, okay? It's important about the culture. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I think so. The three things that I wanna leave with is one, as to to help uh, our kids with adapting to their culture. One is be present. Be present is the biggest thing. Why I mean by that is when you're present, you can observe. You can you can connect with our kids. The best way to teach our children anything is by modeling so if we're modeling the behavior the kindness the love that our our African culture usually feeds us the togetherness all of that that cannot be done if we're not being present observing and then modeling right so that's the first thing second thing is be consistent um, I only speak to my son in Amharic only since he was born that was a decision I made beforehand and that has really helped him learn the vocabulary in a different format now he's in school in there is a, a lot of back and forth they but please be consistent it does not matter um and one example of that is i go to the school i do go to school i know i didn't answer your question earlier but i go to school and i speak to him and i'm hard in front of his friends i i'm showing them i have a book for him and i'm hard book in the classroom i have an ethiopian shirt that i gave them to hang in his class he goes to a montessori school so I want him to see his culture outside of his home. And being in the DMV, it's a lot easier because we have a lot of, it's a huge Ethiopian population here. So we go to Ethiopian restaurants. I have him read stuff on the wall. I don't want him to think 
this is mommy's language like I don't want him to be limited by that so um, being consistent is what I mean you want to do this across the board and three make it fun <laughs> make it fun like who, who likes to be stringent like nobody does especially my kids I know I don't as an adult I can tell you we learn a lot more when we're in a joyful state so make it fun be consistent and be present I think everything else will show up as itself I love that I love the last one be, make it fun you know because it uh, we, we are we are raised especially for me as a man i was raised with a lot of seriousness you know <laughs> laughing laughing was not was not tolerated that much when you laughed too much people never took you seriously you know but i realized <laughs> you know i realized how how my kids enjoy learning through laughter you know sometime uh, we talk about um inappropriate things like we talk about farting you know and they 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 never forget lessons that come around that time, you know? And so uh, I, I agree with that completely. And uh, I thank you, Bethlehem, for making the time. I would love to have you again on the show. Um, and I just, you know, appreciate you for all the work that you do for our community, for your son. Uh, it's something that I am trying to do with my own kids, you know, being consistent with speaking to them in Kiswahili. So. You know, I feel encouraged to continue trying. Uh, for those who are watching, uh, thank you again for taking the time uh, and joining us for today's show. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Kesiwa, who is joining us on YouTube. Uh, Kesiwa is in Antelope Valley in California and has also been one of the most amazing supporters of the show, showing up consistently, uh, sharing with us ideas and ensuring that there is growth in this uh, you know, daily African Proverbs and the African Father in America podcast. So uh, you can also be like a Siwa. You can you know, like this video, comment, share it. Uh, and also, you know, remember that before this show, goes live we share this proverb the proverb for the day we share it across social media you know so whether you are on linkedin where we are also live today uh facebook and instagram and tiktok we always share what the proverb is so you can also support by engaging with the content on all those other platforms um but i'm, I'm you know i'm just uh, really really honored uh, to continue hosting this show and i can't wait for tomorrow's episode if you are a listener who does not watch things uh, like on youtube the show is also available across all podcasting platforms whether it's uh you know uh, amazon podcasts or google podcasts or apple Podcasts, you'll find the african father in america podcast there so uh bethlehem closing remarks yes one Listen, I'm giving you a virtual hug, honestly, uh, Simon. I really appreciate you continuing to help us be present and continue to remind us what it is like to be a parent outside of, you know, implanted in a different culture, but continuing to honor our um, our heritage. That is a that's one of your superpowers. I really appreciate you. Really, I mean, I'm gonna get emotional because I'm I. <laughs> I'm very open with my emotion. I'm very present, but that is an important thing. I think you're also a culture shifter. You're also an encourager. Outside of being a father, you're doing that. You're a big brother for all of us, and I appreciate you. I'm a Okay, so thank you. 
Of course, of course. Thank you so much. Uh, I can't wait for us to do this again. And uh, I can't wait for us to collaborate on Madaraka Festival as well. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll keep you posted. By next week, we will start uh, sharing some of the information publicly. So for now, we are still working uh, quietly, you know? <laughs> Wait and see is what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, take care of yourself. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. African father in America. You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokello live from Seattle, Washington.